Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. But we actually employ um, members of SCAN part-time. They're called senior advocates. And what's great about it is they're my eyes, my ears, my keep me in check. They're, they sit 10 feet from my office. And by having actual members in our corporate offices working side by side to us, it keeps us real. And it keeps us living our mission uh, and delivering our commitment to keeping people healthy and independent. everyone and welcome to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, co-host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, we continue our mini-series in health plans with part two, where I sat down with SCAN Health Plans Corporate Vice President of Strategic Initiatives and Product Development, Jill Selby. Jill's been in healthcare for 33 years, and she shares how her background and experience during those 33 years has set her up quite well for her current role with SCAN. Jill shares a little bit of background of SCAN, what goes on behind the scenes with product design or benefit design, and what's in store for the future of SCAN as they continue to expand beyond 200,000 members. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you do, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. And of course, you can find more episodes on popofpodcast.com and iTunes, Spotify, as well as Stitcher. Enjoy today's show. Take care. Jill, tell us something about you that might surprise the audience, maybe something outside of healthcare. I thought about like who I am and what makes me the person I am today, and a lot of it has to do with my growing up. I'm a New York City native, and uh, my grandmother was determined to teach me how to navigate the city, which meant visiting my grandfather in the World Trade Center which of course, you know, went down in 9-11. Yeah. So we spent many of the lunch hours eating with my grandfather at the World Trade Center, and I kind of find that to be a special memory in my, my life. Wow, and have you been since 2001 mm-hmm. when that happened, when the incident that I think most of us are aware of happened, have you been back to that site? Yeah, I've actually been twice. Uh, okay. I took my daughter because I'm determined to kind of transition those memories to her. Yeah. And uh, my husband, uh, who turned 16, retired this year. Nice. Um, we went back and did the full tourist uh, experience in New York City and went back. And I got to tell you, it's, it's very emotional. Um, every time you go, I don't know if you've been yourself, but to see the the fountains and the names and just standing on the spot where you know those buildings went down and how many people their lives just were impacted by that we just celebrated 9 11 yeah. uh, most recently and so uh it's a it's a big part of who i am and remembering um you know how important those times were yeah well that's a touching story and uh, yeah 9 11 uh you know september 11 2001 as everyone knows uh, was an important date in our nation's history. What's interesting, so we're doing a podcast today. I actually wanted to be a sports broadcaster or oh. do radio or something professionally, kind of like this, I guess. And September 11th, 2001, was my interview with ABC News as an intern. Wow. Let's just put it simply, they canceled that interview. Yeah. Um, luckily, I got the internship at ABC, but uh, yeah, that day was, was very intense. So 
Let's jump into maybe something a little bit more exciting. Okay. Um, and uh, a little bit more about your background, Jill. So tell us where you grew up, maybe where'd you go to college, kind of a little story there. Yeah, so um, uh, my father was in the shipping industry. Um, he actually dismantled aircraft carriers, if you can believe oh. it. And it's uh, an art and a science because you have to tear down the metal and not sink the ship. Um, and as a result of that, every three years we move coast to coast. Wow. So New York, California, New York, California. And uh, finally started going to college out here in California. And I think uh, stuck my roots in and met my husband and have raised a family here in California, but I'm a city girl at heart, so okay. um, I guess in another life I might go back to New York City, but I uh, went to school right here in Long Beach, same same city I work in now, uh, Cal State Long Beach, yeah. um, and uh, kind of have been in healthcare for, oh, I can't believe I say this number out loud, almost 33 years I've been in healthcare only working with older adults, which I think people in my kind of career track have played around in the different populations. Yeah. Um, I've been seniors day one, still am. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met anybody, at least that I can recall, that has had that stability um, in that same path. So when you were growing up and going to Cal State, were you thinking, hey, I want to work in healthcare and work for health plans and work with seniors? Not at all. Okay. So uh, the story about 9-11 and my grandmother, you know, taking me to New York City, I had uh, kind of visions of being a retail buyer. I thought, I'd, you know, on Fifth Avenue, you know, buying, buying uh, merchandise for, for stores. And so I went to school, actually, for merchandising and marketing and really saw myself um, kind of getting on that side um, of the career track. Okay. Uh, graduated, knew I needed a job right away. And back, this is really dating myself, back in the day where they had, uh, they ran ads for open positions. Yeah. There was a position open for an entry-level healthcare customer service person working at a plan that no longer exists. It was called FHP Healthcare. Oh, yeah. Kind of started in, in the late 80s. And applied for that job and you know history wrote itself I've never left healthcare so you know my parents to this day still wonder why I went to school for what I did because I as in their mind you know you went to school and you apply what you went to school for and you you you, you have that kind of a career yeah. and uh, for me it became all about healthcare and I you know my grandmother had such a big impact on my life and I've been drawn to older adults ever since I was small and when I went to FHP healthcare we served seniors and I was hooked yeah and here we are, 33 so, years later. Okay, so FHP, I know that acronym. Can you remind the audience or share with the audience what was FHP and kind of where were they here? We're recording, by the way, folks, in Long Beach, California at SCAN's headquarters. Mm -hmm. um, and we can actually see a plane as I speak landing at Long Beach Airport. So it's a pretty neat spot that we're recording. Uh, so back to FHP. Tell us who that was and uh, maybe the connections here in Southern California. Yeah, so FHP stood for Family Health Plan. It was a kind of the trailblazers in the managed healthcare space. Uh, a physician named Robert Gumbiner actually founded FHP, and it the way I explain it to people in in even if you're not in healthcare, it's kind of like the Kaiser model. Okay. So it's a fully integrated. It, it was a health plan. We owned hospitals. We owned multi-specialty practices all over California. 
California. In fact, we were in multiple states, including Guam. And it was really large, and they were kind of the trailblazers, if you will, especially on the managed Medicare side. We had offices all over the place. In fact, our corporate office was in Long Beach, White Office Studebaker, if anyone's familiar with where that is. Uh, We had downtown offices, and um, it was very, very successful. And as years went on, it eventually kind of splintered off, and part of the the uh, staff model, which is basically like the employed yeah. doctor facilities, were sold off to another medical group, and the health plan um, and the membership was sold off to Pacific Care of California. Got it. And then, um, you know, kind of playing that out, Pacific Care was acquired by United. And so there's this just constant consolidation. You know, we think about all the consolidation now when we hear about, you know, big plans like Aetna and CVS and all these other mergers. These were, had started many, many years prior. Yeah, okay, great. So tell us about your journey. So you start off entry-level customer care for FHP Health Plan. And tell us your journey from there. What, how did you end up in today's seat? Yeah, and actually, I, I am, you know, give all that credit to that starting uh, position in customer service. I tell that to people now. If you really want to, you know, you're young and you want to start your career, start off in one of those entry-level positions because you learn the most, um, not only about the organization you work in, but just about healthcare in general. Um, I look back on those, um, and it still kind of stands the hair on the back of my neck a little bit because I was actually physically in a medical center. So I did face-to-face customer service. So here I was right out of college, pretty innocent, naive, you might call it, and people are showing you things and saying things to you as if you're part of a clinical team. So I think I got the baptism by fire right out of the gate. Um, And from there, I kind of moved up in various management roles. But one thing that was really unique was I actually wrote a grant for a not-for-profit organization that was based out of St. Louis. It was partially funded by the Area Agency on Aging. And it was also funded by, this is really going back in time for people who are familiar with California retail, there was a store called um, May Company. And uh, Margie May was the founder's wife, and she was very interested in supporting older adults. So through the Area Agency on Aging and the May Company, they gave this money, and you actually ran a senior center in a May Company store. And so these senior centers were not your typical, you know, bingo crafts. They were meant to be more cultural. And so I did that for a year. I never wrote a grant in my life. I never built a curriculum before. Um, And the best part about it, it was managed and run, operated, by retired seniors. Oh, nice. Did that. And then kind of continued on, and I became part of that Pacific Air family that I talked about earlier. Um, I did actually work for a medical group as well. So I kind of, you know, for those of us on the health plan side, we call that the dark side. You know, I went over to the dark side and uh, uh, worked at a medical group, which was really interesting because it got me to see the other side of the equation. You know, coming from the health plan, you're looking at providers. Now I was on the provider side looking at, at health plans. Um, did all sorts of roles in the medical group. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit of a risk taker, and so even though I might not have had practical experience, I'm open to trying new things, and that just kept kind of building momentum and momentum. And uh, when Medicare 
uh, enacted the Medicare Part D, which is the prescription uh, benefit uh, program that we all know today, I actually went on a, on a project management office role, and that's a fancy way of saying we were the team that had to implement these really crazy regulations, uh, was in operations, and rolled into product, and I've just kind of been here ever since, and I think that background and that history has really positioned me well, because number one, I'm always thinking about the, the senior who will receive the benefits, because they're always top of mind for me, and having been in operations, I know how painful it is to get a benefit handed to you that some crazy product person has designed, but they have no clue how to implement it, so um, all of those things have kind of helped lend to my success, and have kept me interested because I think I've learned my attention span is shortening the older I get so I like new things yeah, okay. um, but still rooted in product okay cool and so our audience is typically healthcare professionals but mm -hmm. not all of them uh, work for a plan or uh, maybe work directly with plans so when you say product mm -hmm. what does that mean yeah, so the product or the actual benefits or the plans that our members uh, enroll in and receive year after year. So an example here, and we're in Long Beach, which is L.A. County, we have a product called Scan Classic. And Classic has all of the Medicare benefits that you would get on traditional Medicare, um, your red, white, and blue card, and a lot of extras, including... Um, uh, enhanced pharmacy benefits and some supplemental benefits that Medicare does not cover. Um, easy example is like vision care, routine vision care. A lot of people who are new to Medicare are surprised to hear that Medicare doesn't cover vision. Um, and maybe one day in my lifetime that will change, but today they don't. And so all of those things roll up into what is a product or a plan and my team and I get to design those each year because they do change annually. Um, you know, everyone thinks, wow, you're in some cool little test kitchen and you're getting all creative. But in the Medicare world, you got to conform to the rules and regu regulations of designing a product. Yeah, so let's uh, take a quick break. But when we get back from the break, let's talk a little bit more about designing benefits and how it's... Uh, not as free, you don't have as much freedom as people may think to design your benefits and talk about those rules uh, that you have to conform to. So we'll take a short break and be right back. Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. All right, folks, welcome back from the break. Now, before the break, we talked about a little bit about designing benefits and we'd shared that we would get into a little more detail about that. But actually, before doing that, Let's learn a little bit more about your current employer, Scan Health Plan. Tell us a little bit about Scan. Yeah, so Scan has, um, I'm going to say, a one-of-a-kind history behind it. Um, Scan stands for Senior Care Action Network. We were founded over 40 years ago, in fact, in 1977. You know, there's a lot of different stories around the organization, but uh, the story I think everyone most remembers, it was um, 12 seniors who actually formed a council because um, they wanted better health care and better options for seniors that were out there. Many of them were seniors themselves. And so having a 40-year history behind this not-for-profit uh, managed care company is a really prideful thing. 
Um, we've had lots of opportunities in our history, not only being formed by seniors for seniors, but we also had a multi-services uh, senior program background, which is uh, a home and community-based and long-term care service type options that I think we're going to probably talk about further in today's interview. Um, and we also were one of the demonstration social HMO plans, which I think most people remember, or if they affiliate with SCAN, know that's, oh, you know, you were part of that social HMO demonstration. So these 40 years have really built a very strong foundation in, you know, serving seniors. That's all we do. We don't serve any other type of members. So primarily those people who are 65 and older or who have Medicare. But, you know, being a not-for-profit company, Company. It has such a different experience for people like me who've worked the gamut of health plans and uh, living our mission is not just something we say, but it really does come through. So based in Long Beach, we're only in California. Uh, we are about to hit 205,000 members. Uh, we're the third largest Medicare Advantage plan, which is, I, even when I say it, I surprise myself. Um, with almost $3 billion in revenue. So we're not your little small backyard health plan. Um, we're, we're a very uh, notable health plan, as I like to say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've known about SCAN for many years. I know you guys have done some things and provided certain benefits that uh, at certain points nobody else, at least in the area, uh, was able to offer. My parents are SCAN members. Oh, well. great. Yep. So uh, and that was no influence of me. I will collect my check later, by the way, <laughs> uh, for that. Will uh, do. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you for sharing the history about SCAN. So let's jump back into benefit design. Okay. And uh, yes, it sounds fun. You do get to do some neat things. Mm -hmm. We were talking before we recorded today about some of the conferences you get to go to and how you guys are a model to other health plans across the nation. But it's not all fun and games. There are some pretty strict rules that you have to follow. So why don't you share it with the audience what you can or can't do when you design these benefits, which you're now looking at designing for 2021. Yes. So, I mean, obviously the starting point is you can cover no less than traditional Medicare. So you can't, like what I'll say, cut corners on some things to provide benefits that, you know, are going to outpace or attract people to your plan that the competition doesn't have. So just covering the basics, you have to cover that. Um, and then there's specific rules. I mean, it's I'd be an, I'd have to be an actuary to get into the actual details with you. But the idea is is that CMS wants to make sure that whatever the plans are doing are really geared towards improving quality, improving health outcomes. Um, you know, because we're going to be uh, sharing this podcast in November, I can tell you we're so excited that Scan is going to do what they call a, a three-peat. Uh, it's our third year in a row of having a four-and-a-half star rating. I'm sure you've heard about the star ratings. They're so important in the Medicare Advantage space, not only because it's kind of an acknowledgement from Medicare that you are doing the things that they want Medicare Advantage plans to do, but uh, the seniors are really getting aware of that star rating, kind of like consumer reporting. Yes. And so they're looking to plans to say, you know, what's your star rating, where I think maybe three, four, five, years ago um, they didn't really acknowledge that and so we really have to 
um, show to CMS that we're investing the money that they give us as a plan to put back in benefits that are geared towards those quality outcomes. And then, of course, we've got to be competitive. Um, I just took a look at the number of plans that are available in 2020. In Los Angeles County alone, there's going to be 86 different Medicare Advantage plans for a senior to choose from. So, um, you know, the heat's on. Everybody yeah. wants to have a competitive plan, but uh, you have to conform to those rules that CMS puts forth. Definitely. So, um, 86 Medicare Advantage plans. Now, our audience, most of them probably know what Medicare Advantage is, but I bet you there's a good number of listeners who don't exactly really know what Medicare Advantage means. Okay. Or if they hear like Medicare Part C, what, what in the world? So, can you maybe in layman's terms, Say, what is Medicare Advantage and how it's different than Medicare? Sure. And, you know, for someone like me, I've seen this Medicare Advantage called a multitude of things um, in my career. I don't know if you've ever heard, like, Medicare plus choice and all these crazy terms. But the way that I explain Medicare Advantage, like, to my parents' friends, because they're SCAN members, too. Okay. So good choice with your parents. <laughs> I did influence mine. <laughs> um, but the way to, to think about it is um, on traditional Medicare, Medic you, you pay uh, – a premium out of your Social Security check every month to have Medicare Part B. Um, that's so is that Sorry to interrupt, Joel. Is that automatically deducted from your Social Security? It is. Okay. It is. Some people choose to pay it, but um, especially if they're not collecting Social Security, but they want Medicare. But um, like my parents, I'll continue to use them as an example. Um, it's um, looking at my notes. One hundred and thirty-five fifty is the two thousand and nineteen um, rate. They haven't published two thousand twenty yet. So that comes out of their checks. And what that does is it pays for the Part B. And the easiest way to explain Part B is those are like the outpatient services, the physician visits, things like that. Part A, which is the hospital coverage, you get automatically if you've contributed over your career, 40 quarters, you pay into it. Um, for those of us working, we see that come out of our paychecks um, every time we get one. And then um, Part C was the combination of those things together. And then as I mentioned earlier, Part D, which stands for drugs, came about. And so I think the alphabet soup kind of got confusing. Yeah. So it's now known as Medicare Advantage. And what it does is if you stayed on traditional Medicare, um, you would pay basically a 20% out-of-pocket cost because Medicare covers 80 Medicare Advantage came along and it bridged that gap. So for example, in Los Angeles County now, someone going to the hospital typically has no copay for hospital stay because we're picking up that 20%. So that's where the advantage word comes in. It's an advantage to people to oh, join yeah. Medicare Advantage. That 20% could be uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, in worst case scenarios. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm amazed because nationally, I had my statistics, nationally I think we're, we're only at that 40% of the Medicare eligibles are actually in a Medicare Advantage. Now, many of them could be on Medicare supplement and other types of coverage, but there's still a, a significant amount of seniors out there that have straight Medicare, which, gosh, I wish I had the time to talk to all of them to convince them that Medicare Advantage is a good option. Yeah, definitely. And people sometimes refer to Medicare Advantage as like Medicare HMO. 
Have you heard that phrase before? Yeah, so HMO is kind of like, think people think it's a taboo name. You know, it stands for Health Maintenance Organization. And, you know, it's basically a, a network product. So you just don't get to refer yourself wherever you want to go. But there is value in that because it provides coordinated care. I know my own parents for a long time were on a Medicare supplement, and I think at one time they had upwards of 20 different physicians. None of them talked to each other. There was no coordination. Some of them were writing the same prescriptions um, simultaneously to each other. And so um, the HMO portion of it um, is basically you, you enroll with the medical group, they have specialists connected to that medical group, hospitals surround it, and it's just coordinated care. And I, I know that a lot of people, especially those aging into Medicare, they've been on an HMO all of their insured life, yeah. and so it's a natural transition. Um, there actually was a medical group up in Northern California that studied the members that were on Medicare supplements, and those people felt like it was a freedom pass so they could go wherever they wanted, but in actuality, they were accessing health care exactly the same as their contemporaries on an HMO. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is stigma, yeah. um, but um, I know, again, for my parents and anyone else, I would always encourage HMO enrollment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, candidly, growing up, um, was nervous about joining an HMO, mm. um, but I did in my in my current employer and had a good experience. Now I'm currently under my wife's. She's a teacher. They get teachers out there. You guys get some great benefits typically. Yeah. So for those that don't, sorry, uh, but yeah. So I'm under my wife's health plan now. But um, yeah, through my current employer HMO, and actually, I did have that stigma. Came in, got great care, and yeah, I. I I think it's fair to say there are some great benefits, and, um, and I think in California, is it about 50% of seniors are at a Medi are doing Medicare Advantage? Any idea on that stat? Yeah, it's like right now, well, it's in California, it's 40%. 40%. Yeah, and in yeah. L.A., um, comparatively speaking, because those 86 plans, they got to have people to sign up for it. It's yeah. closer to 50%. Okay. You know, I do want to clarify, though, that Medicare Advantage isn't only HMO. So across the country, I don't know how wide your listener uh, audience is, but there are PPO um, plans, which is kind of similar to a, Medi um, a Medicare supplement plan where you can go out of network. Um, there's other options, so I don't want people to, if you're hearing about Medicare Advantage for the first time, think, oh, forget it. it if it's HMO, I don't want it. There are many other options out there. But in California, HMOs are pretty predominant. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. So we talked a little bit about the rules of designing these benefits. Let's go back to supplemental benefits, which we briefly touched on before the break. What's the difference between a supplemental benefit and like your traditional benefit? Why is there a separation there? Yeah, so it, back to the original Medicare. So Medicare, you know, has a set of benefits that they have to cover, you know, routine primary care physician visits, specialist visits, outpatient surgery, things that are what I'm going to call necessary. Supplemental benefits are things that are extra uh, above and beyond Medicare, that Medicare, by giving money to health plans like SCAN, and SCAN proposing that we can uh, provide those Medicare-covered services at a lower cost, Medicare then allows us to reinvest those dollars into providing supplemental benefits. In fact, you have to. You can't let that drop to the bottom line. And so transportation, for example, 
Um, you know, in California, I know it's hard to believe if you don't own a car, it's very difficult to get around, but older adults in particular who are, you know, kind of on the far end of the aging continuum who maybe aren't driving anymore, getting to doctor's offices is difficult. Um, so we provide no-cost transportation. That's an example of a supplemental benefit. I mentioned dental, I'm sorry, vision earlier. That is a supplemental as well as dental. Uh, dental is not covered by Medicare, and as I've watched my parents get older, um, I'm no dental expert, but I've seen even the different medications that they take have ch has changed their oral health, and so keeping up on dental care and things is so important. You know, we talk about physical health and mental health. Oral health kind of rounds out the whole health aspect, and so those are more examples of supplemental benefits that someone gets with a Medicare Advantage plan that they wouldn't get if they stayed on traditional Medicare. Okay, cool. Now you mentioned for SCAN, uh, transportation is an example of supplemental benefits. What other supplemental benefits uh, does SCAN offer um, that you, you can share about? that gets seniors excited or is something that maybe separates you from other health plans? Yeah, well, you know, the one benefit, it gets me every time, um, we have a fitness benefit uh, that we've partnered with another a business called Silver Sneakers. Um, I'm telling you, I wish I invented that name because it is so widely known amongst seniors. And essentially, it's like a free gym membership. Um, and in many of the gyms, they actually host classes that are taught by Silver Sneakers instructors. And those are geared exercises to people that are aging. So no sprinting on the treadmill kind of stuff. but. Uh, uh, creating movement and building strength around activities of daily living. And so, again, we all know, even myself, I sit at a desk all day long, you, you atrophy, you have to move. Yeah. And so um, seniors are always excited about silver sneakers. You know, when, I, when they're enrolling for the first time, it amazes me. They come to these meetings, and the first thing they'll say is, do you have that silver sneakers? Um, so that's another example. And then, of course, based on our history, um, SCAN is really big on, on kind of designing and promoting benefits that are meant to keep our members healthy and independent. And by independent, it means, you know, keeping them living in their home as long as possible. If you talk to any senior and you ask them where they want to live, they want to stay home. Yeah. They don't want to go into a nursing home or some kind of facility. A lot of them don't even want to go live with family. They want that independence. So we design a lot of benefits that support that. Um, and again, I'm so sensitized to that because of my own parents. And I know and watch them and see, okay, you know, do they want this benefit or do they want a benefit that's going to speak to that independence and staying healthy? Living at home is important. How do you measure when you're looking at these benefits that may be a supplemental benefit? And the new plan year is coming. Mm -hmm. How are you measuring success with the benefits? Well, obviously growth, right, okay. and retention, because, you know, that 205,000 members I spoke to earlier is uh, a product of two moving parts, the members we keep and the new members we attract, and uh, we've done really well in both regards. So I think that's just a nod, if you will, that our benefits are working in totality. It's amazing that a lot of older adults who are looking at health plans, and you know, there's some research that says, you know, after about three years, people stick with their health plan because a little bit of inertia sets in, or hopefully in our case, they're satisfied and they like what they get with SCAN. Um, 
the membership growth and the retention is kind of an overarching like nod the benefits are doing well we actually get into the weeds and we look at who's using what yeah. um, and then we can even take it a step further we've got some really smart data scientists here that track it back to is it improving health outcomes are we seeing reduced emergency room visits are there less inpatient hospitalizations that aren't um, you know that are involuntary, um, things of that like. And then, of course, um, we talk to a lot of the people that promote and bring new members to SCAN, and they'll tell us, you know, you got to have this, have less of that. So, you know, when you're designing product, you have a lot of stakeholders um, that are in my ears all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. So as you're providing these benefits to members, Uh, Let's say, for example, uh, transportation uh, as a supplemental benefit or as a more traditional Medicare benefit, going to see their physician. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for the general public, and this was myself up until maybe a decade ago, sometimes I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to see a scan doctor. This guy works for scan. Yeah. That was my impression. Right. Right. Tell us of how these providers are not employees of scan. Tell us about who are these providers? Yeah, so that's actually, that's still a very common kind of misperception about it. In a good way, though, I am always a little humored because if you ask one of our members, you know, what medical group do you have, they'll answer, I have SCAN. It's like, well, we're not your medical group. So SCAN contracts with um, large medical groups and small ones as well um, in communities that have physician kind of individuals underneath them. So you think about it, it's like they're the house and the physicians inside belong to the medical group. And so we contract with the medical group. Um, The members are assigned to a medical group and then therefore pick a primary care physician that is their navigator, right? That's the person who's coordinating all the specialties, you know, specialty referrals they go to and any kind of care in a kind of back to that um, HMO conversation we had. They're providing that coordination that is required um, for healthcare. You know, my own father belongs to a medical group here in California, and I think last count he has 10 specialists, and it's that primary care physician who kind of holds it all together. And so um, we have, you know, if your listeners are familiar with this part of Southern California, large medical groups like Healthcare Partners, we have the Optum Medical Group, we have uh, Monarch Medical Group Scripps in San Diego. So Um, large health systems that I think uh, a lot of people in their communities are very familiar with. Yeah, and you've touched on some groups um, out here. We're recording in Long Beach today here in L.A. County. You mentioned Monarch, which is mostly Orange County, Scripps in San Diego County. So we know, you know, SCAN is San Diego County, Orange County, L.A. County. Can you tell us the other counties that SCAN is in besides those three I just mentioned? Yeah, so um, we are in... um, Los Angeles, of course, Riverside County, San Bernardino County, we're in Ventura County, Santa Clara County, San Francisco County, Napa and Sonoma in that beautiful wine country. And uh, starting in January, we're going to be in Stanislaus County. So that's a new county for us, which we're really excited about um, to bring the the SCAN brand to, to that part of our state. Okay, and how does SCAN determine which counties to serve, if you mind me asking? 
Yeah, so we've been, because of our history, we've been in Southern California for many, many years, and um, we've been in Northern California, I want to say for the last, oh, 10, 15 years, and growing kind of county by county. We don't just, like, you know, we, there's not a big map in my office, and we put a pin on it and say, let's go there. A lot of it is um, relationships. Yeah. We want to go to other parts of our state with medical groups and hospital systems that we've worked with before, uh, kind of proven um, performance and also proven um, responsibility for our members. You know, we're really picky. Yeah. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, our uh, members are not jeopardized. And so it's a slow go, um, similar to the product restrictions that we talked about that Medicare puts in place when you design products. There's a lot of work that goes into having to expand your footprint as well. I um, I'm all about growth, so I'll continue to push that opportunity as much as possible, but we got to have a good partner to go there with. Okay, awesome. Um, so there's a phrase in healthcare over the last couple of years that's really been out there quite a bit, and that's social determinants of care. What does that mean to you, and how is SCAN addressing that? Yeah, so the so you know it, they they even put an acronym acronym on it S D O H. Everyone talks about it. Um, so it's it's I think a recognition that you can do all the things in the world on the clinical side for somebody, but if you're not assisting them on the social side, it kind of doesn't make a difference. Um, a lot of the social determinants of health that are very prominent in an older adult's life that we've heard about for years is, you know, I have to make decisions around taking medications or food. Right. And so that's uh, food insecurity is a social determinant. And so the plans like SCAN are looking for ways. I mean, obviously, we're not going to provide free groceries endlessly for people. That's just not possible. But there's so many community resources around that a lot of people don't know about that through through SCAN's history, and also we have a community giving arm called Independence at Home that knows all the food banks and knows where people can go get access to food. So we're working on those. Um, also, you know, housing, that's a that's a big, you know, kind of bite of the apple to try to, to bite into, if you will. Um, so that's another one, but also just it, keeping someone in home, in-home caregiving, basics, safety evaluations. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I, you know, cringe at my parents, you know, front doorstep rug because I trip over it every time. Yeah. And uh, you know, we want our seniors to be safe. And so there's a lot of thing on the social determinant side, um, but I think scans focus immediately because they've been long, long coming and long running are around transportation and food is really where we're trying to focus, at least in the next year. Okay. Um, so the plan years, so this, this show is gonna be released during open enrollment. Mm -hmm. um, are you able to share what's new in 2020? Yeah, so back to the rules and regulations, we talked about transportation. Uh, Medicare up until 2020 has only allowed uh, plans like SCAN to offer transportation for medical purposes. So to the doctors, to the dentist, to the pharmacy, things like that. They're allowing plans to um, 
to kind of expand or flex those benefits for non-medical purposes. So back to the social determinants of health, our members are going to be allowed to use a portion of their rides to go to the grocery store, to go use that silver sneakers benefit that they probably couldn't get to because they had no way of getting there. And also social isolation is a big issue yeah. in the senior community. And we're going to let them go to the senior center. So we're trying to hit on aspects like that to round out all the great things we do on the clinical and on the pharmacy side to speak to that as well. So the non-medical transportation is a big deal. Um, we are also going to be giving them in-home caregiving um, after a hospitalization. A lot of our members live alone and you know as much as um, I want to credit the hospitals for what they do, kind of when you're pushed out the door you're on your own. Yeah. And so we are offering uh, a set number of hours for our members to get um, caregiving in the home and what I mean by that is the basics, right? You know, feeding, bathing, cooking, even taking a shower, you know. I think my own parents the first time when they were in the hospital were surprised. They're like, they're not going to give me a shower it's like no you got to do that when you get home so we're doing those types of benefits in 2020 which again are hard to talk about to someone who doesn't see themselves in kind of that space yeah. um, so the balance is for plans like scan is to talk about all the things that I mentioned earlier the vision the dental the fitness but then if your needs change scans going to be there for you with all these additional benefits that are around those so Social determinants. Awesome, Jill. Well, a lot of great information that we've received from you today. We're wrapping up the show. Is there anything else about SCAN that we haven't covered today that you'd like to share? Gosh, you know, I, I could go on and on about that. I think, um, you know, one of the important things for people like me at SCAN is, you know, you hear me talking very passionately about seniors, but we actually employ um, members of SCAN part-time. They're called Senior Advocates. And what's great about it is they're my eyes, my ears, my keep me in check. They're, they sit 10 feet from my office. And by having actual members in our corporate offices working side by side to us, it keeps us real. And it keeps us living our mission uh, and delivering our commitment to keeping people healthy and independent. And so after 33 years, I, I hope um, I'm here. And another, I don't think I'll work 33 more years, <laughs> but I hope this is my final landing spot because I truly believe uh, what SCAN's doing is authentic. Awesome, folks. Jill's been uh, a great guest today. And folks want to learn more about SCAN, Jill, how can they learn more about you guys? Yeah, so you can just go to scanhealthplan.com and there's probably hours of information you can read or I hate to put myself out there, but if you really want to know the nitty gritty, you can call into our corporate offices and ask to speak with me. Oh, wow. Very good. Well, uh, you folks, I'm sure can find that corporate office phone number on the website and find out how to get connected there. Uh, again, Jill Selby has been our guest. She is the corporate vice president of product development with 33 years of healthcare, but not another 33 years. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Never say never. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, hey, Jill, thanks so much for having me. I uh, just want to give kudos to your colleagues, Sephra and Tony, for setting this up. Thank you so much uh, for having me here as an uh, interviewer of Jill. And folks, if you like today's show and want to learn more about Pop Health Podcast, check us out at pophealthpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And a special ask that I have is if you can leave a review for us on iTunes. Uh, reviews are a great way for us to stay visible, stay at the top of the charts, 
and continue to bring in great guests like Jill. Thanks, folks. Take care.